the number of times they basically call Selena feeble-minded. It's in my this. first <laughs> goddamn note it's in hot un- pink. The words that they use to describe this Naive, iconic, gullible, gullible they call her. And Erin Brockovich is one of them. <laughs> I, I got some words for her, too. <laughs> Patrick Hines. Bam, come to Obsessed Fest. We're getting so close. Yeah, I mean, we're in also happy September, everybody. I know. It's so close. I know. Obsessed Fest, look, it's a true crime convention in Columbus, Ohio at the Higher Regency from September 30th to October 2nd. It's daytime programming with panels and meet and greets. Amber and the Let's Go to Court ladies are doing like the kidnappings that like change oh. the world. Ooh. Rabia and Bob Roth and Maggie are doing a false convictions panel. You and Damien Eccles and Bob Roth are doing a West Memphis 3 panel. There's tons of true crime stuff, but there's also, like, karaoke and your sing-along. Yeah. There's a jewel heist game. What? There's a Christopher narrates your life, which he's the guy who does the voiceover for the Disappeared TV okay. show. He's coming, and we're doing, like, an improv game with props where, like, he's gonna narrate it as though it's a scene from Disappeared. Weird, wild stuff. It's so I'm crazy. It. The live shows are us and Morbid and Obsessed with Disappeared and Scamfluencers. Go to ObsessedFest.com. The schedule is live. It's interactive. You can search by person. You can Ooh. search by event. It's so great. I can't. Look, this Taylor Swift sing-along playlist I know. is... It's it's made, right? It's ready. It's good to go. It's made. It's ready. It has been approved by many many a Swifty. <laughs> I'm very proud. We're going on a journey. We're telling a story. Yes. It's going to be a whole thing. Yes. Also, join it, Jillian and me on the Patreon. But like I said, there's rules. Okay, Only right. if you like to have fun. Yeah, everyone likes a party with a whole bunch of rules. Let's hear it. <laughs> What, did Steve Tipton arrange this thing? <laughs> Only if you like to have fun. Only if you want 350 full ad-free bonus episodes to download a binge right now. Yeah, they're not really rules. They're just like, do you want this stuff? It's do you want it or do you, or do you not? Or not. Uh, join the Facebook group. Follow us on TikTok. Oh, right. Oh, my God. So many. We have like almost 25,000 followers on TikTok We're now. true crime obsessed pod. pod. Is that right? Okay. And pod. 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 Let's say it again. Pod. Pod. <laughs> Am I popping the Ds? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> girl, what are we talking about today? Okay, so there's the show on Discovery Plus where there's like a movie version of what happened and then Erin Brockovich tells us the actual story. So we're doing the story about (laughs) Selena because for some reason, this story about this absolutely incredible woman, there are no other documentaries about her. I know, it's really, she's an, Selena is an absolute icon, the number one selling Latin artist of the 90s. A naive young star on the road to fame and fortune. She had a beautiful heart. She trusted everybody. A devoted fan who longed for celebrity and power. She is manipulative. She is good at what she does. How did their friendship, born from obsession, turn deadly? You don't think anything like that can happen. Learn the intimate details of the violent betrayal that silenced a rising star's voice forever. They needed to treat her better in this television program. Aaron Brockovich, I know you just showed up on like for 15 minutes to film the opening and the closing, but like you got some sway here. You needed to do a better job. I have to say... She looked like a million dollars. And I have to say, this is a 
phenomenal idea for a show. Yes. And she is the perfect host yeah. for it. <laughs> you sound a little upset that you didn't invent the show. I think it's a great idea. It's, it's like you watch the movie. Here's yeah. how it really went down. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of times that's not like I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Stop calling her the Mexican Madonna. Oh my and God. Stop saying how naive and gullible. The only person at fault here is fucking Yolanda. I know. Enough. Exactly. And Aaron Brockovich should know better. I'm I know. Sorry. I absolutely agree. My other thing with Aaron Brockovich is that, like, we open on Aaron on We Aaron also Brock. just spent an entire episode discussing her, so she's very fresh. I know. And she We're, feels very close to us I, right now. I'm also a little over her. I feel like Aaron Brockovich just wants Ooh, to be. Oh, you are fickle. <laughs> Turn on a dime. They're called boobs, Ed. You were just I, obsessed with her. I love Julia Roberts as Aaron Brockovich. Oh, no. The real Aaron Brockovich seems a little moody. Wow. <laughs> and you were mad at me for talking about Requiem for a I Dream? Know, I know. She Whew. seems a little moody. And I'm just saying, she does not seem like she wants to be here for this show. She seems like she wants to be out making sure people aren't drinking cancer water. Right. I Go think let her, let the women do the work. That's very valid. Yes. Yeah. I think a lot of it is like they wanted her to play like cool and like unassuming. I just, if Erin Brockovich looked was. like me, the movie about her life never would have gotten made. The only reason she's here is because she's a bombshell. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> what do you want me to do about it? No. I should have been hosting the show, but I didn't. I'm here with you, you instead. You are also a bombshell. You're hosting this show. <laughs> We need exactly. a bomb show, yeah. Exactly. How many shows can I host? I don't know. I don't know. My hey, DMs are open. So we're starting at the end. It's March 31st, 1995, 11.47 a.m. We're at the Days Inn in Corpus Christi. Gotta tell you, I looked this place up. Oh, this place Texas. where Selena died in the lobby is still there. It's called the Knights Inn now. And apparently there's like a little tiny little shrine to her in the lobby. You would think it would be, Selena was like the most famous singer in all of Texas. Yeah. You would think it would be a bigger shrine. I'm glad to know the building is still there. Yeah. I wonder if there's another shrine to her somewhere. I mean, in 1995. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would know. think that there's more. If I'm ever in Corpus Christi, I'm going to see that place. Yeah. But we hear this 911 call. We have a woman ran in the lobby because she's been shot. She's right on the floor. There's blood. Hey, she's in the lobby right now? Yes, ma'am. She just passed out. Again, I got to tell you, a lady has just run into the lobby who has been shot and is dying. And the lack of urgency on the part of the person making the call. I know. The lack of urge. I'm going to get into the lack of urgency. I have in my notes in gigantic letters, why isn't anyone there helping her? I, I like know. the lack of, a lot of things went wrong here, but yes. Yolanda is right at the center of it. Yes. Because she, and again, we're at the end, right? So Yolanda Saldivar is in the parking lot. She's 34 years old and she's crying. I didn't mean to do it. I didn't mean to do it. And yeah. she has a gun to her head. Yes. And now we really start. This is where we get the Selena backstory. This is one of the 90 times they call her the Mexican Madonna. Which I think is so. It's just not the compliment they think it is. It's so belittling yes. and it's taking so much away from what she did. She was her own woman. She yes. was her own performer. Like she was famous and Madonna's famous. Right. You know what I mean? And yes. they were singers and right. they were women. Like right. but it's just like. <laughs> we have now reached the conclusion of all the things they had But like common. what Selena did, her crossover power, she yes. was singing in Spanish and she was having number one singles. Like yes. what she did was so important and to just call her the Mexican Madonna is such a fucking slap in the face. I know. And speaking of slaps in the face, Aaron Brockovich is here to talk talk shit about the Selena movie. Well, Erin Brockovich did not. She wants there to be one biopic and she wants it to be about her. That movie 
was like the biggest thing I, ever. Well, Jennifer Lopez I was gonna say like, Selena. Because Jennifer Lopez is actually like Selena in her just like her unbridled star power. Yeah. And it was like her breakthrough. Yeah. So let's talk about Selena. Selena was a 23-year-old rising star, as they say. She was brutally murdered. And they, like, Eric Brockovich is like, While the film is a loving tribute to Selena's life, career, and family, it doesn't tell the whole story. The real mystery is how Selena, trusting and naive, formed a friendship that soured and ultimately turned violent. Sure, the film's a loving tribute, but it doesn't tell the whole story. And I should know. You should see my 2000 blockbuster film named Aaron Brockovich. It's about me. I want her to turn to the other camera and go, right. they're called boobs, yeah. Ed. Oh, you're here. Oh, sorry, I didn't see you there. They're called boobs, Ed. I could say they're called boobs. That is you the, have. It's the greatest movie ever made. You, okay, so now we're back. All oh, right, because you like you like Julia Roberts. Yeah, I really do. It's like the Jurassic Park of movies about women who don't want people drinking cancer water. Look, Jurassic Park gave us hold on to your butts. So Jurassic Park <laughs> is going down. Jurassic Park like changed my life. Yeah. A di- I got no. to see dinosaurs as if they were real. I know, you know Jurassic Park is a really magical movie. It is. Are you just saying that because I'm here? No, I'm you, saying nice it is, and so is Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> Yes, they both they both did a lot of things for a it's lot of people. True. <laughs> so now we go back to the Selena backstory. Selena's dream was born in her parents' living room in the small town of Lake Jackson, Texas, when she was just six years old. Selena was nine when she got her first gig, playing with her brother and sister at their parents' Mexican restaurant. Her parents owned a restaurant and like the kids would like sing in the restaurant. They were like the entertainment and they talk about this as though they were like the Jackson 5. I'm like, having a child, I think this is just the thing you let your kids do so they stop fucking bugging you for five seconds and you can work. Yeah, and then one of them became one of the biggest superstars on Earth. Totally. Because Look, it's going to happen sometimes. It's, right. yes, it's got to happen to someone. It's a numbers game right? at this point. Law of averages, But right? I do feel like the kids like showed up and they were like the mbop kids and they were like, can we sing in the corner? And they're like, fine, just leave us alone. Hansen, the Hansen boys. Boys grew no. up and they grew into themselves. They sure they're still singing that song to this day. I, I just saw them on like TV singing it. I, it, I gotta tell you though, I loved that song from the beginning. I have a dear, dear friend of mine in high school. She unabashedly loved Hanson. Yeah. Like she celebrated their entire catalog. Sure. <laughs> the entire discography? Discog. Well, the discog loved it. Totally. But you're not alone in that. Like, no. uh, just truly, like, I, like, you love that song. It's a bop. It's an mbop. It's an mbop. Give me some shitty pop music any day of the week. Come I on. love it. I like that, and I like very serious chick rock from the 90s. Yes, I'm aware. I love a, I love a Lilith Fair. Look, who does it? And if you don't, look inward and ask yourself why. So their first gig was at nine years old, and yeah. she's performing with her siblings at their Mexican restaurant. When the restaurant went broke, music became the family business. They hit the road, touring dusty, no-name towns across Texas, playing weddings, bars, and carnivals. Music is now the new family business. To which I said, that's a gamble. Like, these kids who were just singing in the corner at the restaurant, now they're responsible. These, like, 8- and 10-year-olds are responsible for paying the bills. I guess so. I mean, the Partridge family did it, right? Okay, but that was fake. <laughs> Brady Bunch did it. That was the joke. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm just saying that, like, it's a gamble. I think they knew, like, we really have something here. Yes. I think when you know, you know. And so we learned that they started playing, quote, no-name towns in Texas. Like, festivals and parties. And, I, and bars. They are like, they were playing parties, carnivals, and bars. I'm like, these kids are 10. Well, sometimes if it's very okay, annoying. No, I know that you have a long history of going to bars as an underage teenager no, with your what parents' I was, blessing. What I, well, true. <laughs> but what I was going to say was, as a former bartender, uh-huh. sometimes if you work in a pub where they serve food, kids are allowed, which is very annoying. <laughs> 
So I'm sure if it's like noon on a Sunday oh, man. at the local pub yeah. where they're serving food, these kids are allowed. Well, and apparently they were great. Yeah, so they're playing like the local live music circuit and they do this their whole lives. And yeah. so that's how we meet Chris Perez, who's Selena's husband. And he is like so sweet. And, you know, this happened a long time ago and they were really young. He speaks about it like emotionally, but with distance. Because yeah. I'm like, why are you sobbing? Oh, this was like 25 years ago. Right. And he's still so young because they met when they were so young. Right. So he joins the band when he's 19 years old as yeah. the guitarist. And they just toured all over. And when you're on the road, I mean, you get really close really fast. Well, and she was also Selena. She was Before Selena. This. And he describes her as just like being very fun. You know, of course, I thought she was beautiful. Of course, I thought that she was a great person. I loved her personality. But, um, I mean, she was one of the guys in my eyes. So she had, like, tomboy energy. So, like, Chris says he wasn't thinking about her as, like, a hottie. He refers to her as, like, being, like, quote, one of the boys. Yeah, she was gorgeous, but she was also, you know, like my sister and, you know, whatever. But within five seconds, they're making out and then they're in love with each other. Right. So by August 2nd, 1992, they elope and get married and they're both 20 years old. I get, why are they eloping? Like, her family seems nice. Why don't they want them there? Because when you're young, it's, like, funny. It's part of the whole. Let's just go elope. Let's just go. If Daisy does that to me, I swear to God, out of the will. Out of the will. (laughs) And you know what it is, too? What? I don't want to deal with the drama and that now everyone has to be in the wedding. It's a big family. It's a big band. It's a big, like, to-do. As they uh-huh. used to say, it's a big to-do. If Daisy eloped, well, you would never have eloped on your parents. You're an only child. They only get to do that once, hopefully. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have. I mean, I got there were sometimes people get crazy around I weddings. <laughs> it's true. Very close to it. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I will go to City Hall. Steve and I got married in a restaurant basement. The only thing I cared about was an open bar, and it was, like, the best time ever. That See that? I mean, and that's the thing. Are we The wedding, fine. But we had... A one hell of a party. It's yeah, the dance party. Afterwards. Exactly. That's what I it's still about. hear to this day that we had like the best dance floor that anyone's ever been to. I pride myself on that shit. Legendary. Anyway, no, so no, I didn't elope at 20, is what you're if no. that's what you're asking. So Selena's like dominating the Latin music charts, and they say, like, with celebrity comes thousands of adoring fans. Don't I know it? Which, <laughs> Don't I know it? Especially when you walk down the streets of Manhattan wearing Bring your own, own merch. merch and being like, I wonder if anyone listens to my podcast. Yeah, you're just like laughing maniacally <laughs> for no reason. Does anyone hear this? Do you reckon do you know who I am? <laughs> Does anybody want to talk to me? And guess what? They come out of the woodwork when you do that. You have it down to a science. You wear your merch. You you laugh and screech as loud uh-huh. as possible. Uh-huh. And you get it done. And suddenly I'm signing autographs on Ninth Avenue. Suddenly. I know. It's just like, oh, I'm just trying to live. Just let me have a life. Just please. What they're saying is that she's winning awards. She yes. can really sing. Like she's yes. sort of she's a singular talent. And her cultural impact really can't be ignored here. No. Because she's a crossover superstar. Exactly. And one of the people who who becomes like an obsessed fan is that woman Yolanda. She's a 30-year-old nurse. Eventual murderer. Yeah, eventual murderer. And we're told she's, quote, slaving away at her hospital job in San Antonio, Texas. Isn't being a nurse a calling? Yeah, you'd think. Like, being a nurse is an incredibly hard job. But I don't know why they, I mean, I think they're just trying to drag her at every point, (laughs) which I appreciate. But also, let's focus on the shit that matters, right? 100%. Because Carlos Valdez, the, the district attorney, he's like, before this, she was a regular person. No privileges, no nothing. Exactly. She had nothing going for her. No, and like she goes to one Selena concert, becomes obsessed with her. <laughs> they say the writing in this is not great. No. Um, but no. every once in a while, there are some gems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. And the voiceover at one point is essentially. After attending a Selena concert, Yolanda begins to idolize the young singer. Like Selena, Yolanda grew up in a working class family. Unlike Selena, Yolanda can only dream of fame and fortune. Unlike Selena, she's a talentless hack who'll never see fame or success. 
And I'm oh like, my God. yeah, well, that tracks. Like Jillian, Patrick did grow up in a loving family. Unlike <laughs> Jillian, Patrick is a talentless actor. Oh, I thought you were going to say, unlike Jillian, Patrick didn't have a dad. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you on TikTok. That's because you always say no, that to me. No, it's true. I didn't have a dad. Where were you, pops? I had a dad. It was my mom's girlfriend, Terry. Right. We haven't, say, you haven't said that in a long time. <laughs> So we meet Abraham. Abraham is Selena's father and manager. Yes. And in 1991, Yolanda tracks him down and begs him to let her be the founder and the president of the first official Selena fan club. Hang on a second. Because Abraham says he received phone call after phone call. Yeah. How is everyone getting Abraham's phone number? She calls like, it's 1991. That's what I was How thinking. How weren't they? This is like not the last time Abraham gets tracked down by Selena fans. Like leaving him voicemails on his phone. He's in the yellow pages. <laughs> like just as Selena's dad? Abraham... Yeah. Okay, Abraham Salinas dad. Yeah, but she calls him like 12 times and finally yeah. he's like, all right, whatever. But I kind of appreciate this. Like you want something, You she, her idea was to create this fan club for this like young, talented Latin woman. How does this fan club not exist? I'm going to do it. Right, and that's great. And yes. at the same time, Selena and her dad are like, that's really annoying and tedious work to do. Totally. There's an enthusiastic person who wants to take this off our plate because she should have a fan club and yes. she should have something like that. Yes. So this person really wants to do it and this fell into our lap. Great. Absolutely. Great. The thing about this is that this gives Yolanda like major access to Selena and Yolanda's life changes overnight. Like suddenly she's kind of connected to this like rich and famous like up and coming Latin singer star. Right. Because in 1991, remember, it's not like you can just go on TikTok and find somebody. Exactly. So 1991, that meant Yolanda got to be at all the signings yes. and all of the and events arrange with Selena. the signings. Right. And like in every picture like Yolanda's standing right next to her. Right next to her. In 1994 Selena has to go to Los Angeles to film a new music video. To Yolanda's delight, Selena suggests she come along. The short trip together marks an important shift in their relationship. They are becoming friends. Yolanda is not just someone who works for Selena. They're becoming really close and very good friends. And Yolanda, now, if she was not a murderer, I'd say, like, she did a really smart thing. She made herself indispensable. Right. And, like, she changed her own life. She, like, does everything for Selena. Selena kind of, like, needs her for every single thing. So, of course, like, Selena's going on a trip. Yolanda's going to come. I would say, not a murderer. You did it. Fine. You, you did the thing. Right. And because then Selena hires Yolanda to be her paid personal assistant. Yeah. So now she's that, and she's the fan club founder and president. She has a lot of access to Selena. We are told Yolanda does not need to be asked twice. No. But this is <laughs> It'd again, be like if the Indigo Girls were looking for a personal assistant I and mean, they asked me. You, I would be doing this by myself. <laughs> this show welcomed. I, I don't think I could do the TikToks alone. <laughs> Although, I don't know. I can see you seeing yourself and how good you look. <laughs> not with that face. That was horrible. Aaron, please don't post that. But they say again how naive Selena was, how she didn't question Yolanda's motives. Why I, would you? Why would anybody be like this woman who wants to do this thing that needs to be done? She's shady. I think that's super unfair uh, to totally. say. And like that's being said with the advantage of hindsight. And of course now, thanks yeah. to documentaries like this and podcasts like ours, nobody trusts anybody anymore. Right. But Yolanda's the only person at fault here. And I don't know why I have to tell Aaron Brockovich in this television show that. Exactly. The other thing too is that like Yolanda didn't have a criminal history. She was a nerd. Like if they 
had whatever the 1995 yeah. equivalent of Googing was. Sure. If they'd Ask gone, Jeeves, probably. If Yahoo. they'd gone to the library and got, gone to the card the, catalog the and looked system. her up, I don't think they would have Steve, found anything. Steve, that reference anything. was for you, the Dewey totally. Decimal System. If they got something on microfiche. Sure. If they asked for the, the, the access to the microfiche. Well, exactly. I don't know what that is. The, what's the microfiche? I don't know. Is it's that a real word? I think you put it under a microscope and then you can read the old-time no, newspapers. Girl, I think we're off the rails. <laughs> I think you can. I think we're off the rails. <laughs> I think you put it under the microscope. I've seen that in movies where they go like, <laughs> it's like that sound and then you can look like, oh, wow, here's this old thing. <laughs> But a microfiche feels I think like you, a word you made up. I can't no, wait for the internet no. to tell me how wrong I am. Can't microfiche wait. Microfiche is a real word. Okay, great. <laughs> Jillian, all you have to do is look in the comments below in the TikTok post. <laughs> I believe you. But also, Yolanda is super manipulative. So she yes. has a lot of access. And being a personal assistant, that's a lot of personal access, too. She's getting, like, account numbers and all this stuff. And so yeah. she was manipulative. And she's a murderer. And Selena's not at fault here. Stop saying she's gullible. Exactly. Her nickname is the Mexican Madonna. At 23, Selena Quintanilla Perez is fast becoming a superstar of Latin music. By 1995, Selena has won her first Grammy and performed for 60,000 fans at the Houston Astrodome. 60,000 people. And that's when they call her the Mexican Madonna again. I let, know. Give, I know. Let her have these accomplishments. I know. And we learned that her fan club has grown to over 5,000 members. Each member pays $22 to join. I did the math. Did you? No. Okay. So that's $110,000 uh -huh. in 1995. That's over $220,000 <gasps> today. Oh, my God. But, like, you get stuff for that, though. Well, you're supposed to. You're right. But, unfortunately, <laughs> that piece of shit Yolanda yeah, yeah, is yeah. the president of the fucking club, which includes her being in control of all the finances. Exactly. And she's getting paid to be Selena's assistant and quote trusted advisor. So she's made herself this gatekeeper to Selena. Yeah. They say that you can't get to Selena without going through Yolanda. Right. Which probably was like a load off of Selena's back. Of course. You know what I mean? And when someone like that, when they're super manipulative, like all Yolanda's saying to Selena is, I got, you don't even don't worry, worry about it. it. I got this. Don't let, worry about let it. Let me yeah. hit. This is what I'm here for. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure she was very good at that. Totally. You know? Yep. And so Selena decides to open these clothing stores called Selena, etc. A chain of fashion boutiques. Right. You go, Selena. Right? She turns to Yolanda. The former nurse with no business experience is promoted to manager of the new clothing stores. It's a huge responsibility that includes access to Selena's substantial bank accounts. Yolanda, with no fashion sense or business expertise or experience <laughs> at all, is now the manager of all the stores. Wait, except for the murdering part, that would be like putting me in charge of these stores. A little bit. Can I wear my TCO merch to run your fancy fashion boutique? No. You have to wear the Selena etc. clothing, totally, which I'm sure was adorable. You know it's like a hot jumpsuit. Hot oh, numbers God, all around. Real bright colors. Not really my style, but I'm this, sure lovely. This seems like a misstep. Why would you put this woman in charge of this? Like, this woman who's doing a great job doing the thing you need her to do, why are you asking her to do the other thing that she's not qualified? Yeah, do. I think what happened is like, well, she started as the fan club person and then she yeah. became the assistant. And now because she knows everything, like I can totally see that being like, let's put you in this position for uh -huh. now. And when it gets bigger, we'll, we'll see. Because like why you have to train, you have to give other, no, everyone else, you know, it's it just it sort of makes sense. But this is again where everyone's taken to the phone book because apparently everybody who's in the Selena fan club finds her dad's phone number and is calling him and is like, ah, bitch, they're not sending me my CD. I sent you $22. Usually you're probably getting like stickers. Yes. A you're patch. Like, it's 22 bucks. It's the, it's the 2025 equivalent of $190. Right, where's my fucking cassette tape or whatever? <laughs> where's my black and white TV? <laughs> I want to watch 
watch I Love Lucy. <laughs> the Dick Van Dyke show is on at so, 8.30. And where is it? And where is it? Yolanda is being a piece of shit here. She's yeah. not just not sending the fans the stuff they actually paid for. Right. He found several checks that were written to Yolanda Saldivar, signed by Yolanda Saldivar, and endorsed by Yolanda Saldivar. Nearly $30,000 is missing from the boutiques and fan club accounts. She's also writing checks to herself. No, this is always the thing where, where the criminal, like, this is where you know they have no plan because there's no way you're going to get away with this for long. And, like, $30,000 worth yeah, of checks yeah. to herself. She's not even, this isn't even a slow burn. She's writing them to herself, signed by herself, and then you flip it over and you sign it. That's called endorsing. Right. Endorsed by herself. Shouldn't the bank have caught that? You would think so. Isn't yes, that, not, is I know. that not allowed? Or can you write a check to yourself and then I mean, that's maybe fine? if you're like, oh, I, it's my, I'm Selena, it's my company, like, and you, you know what I mean? Like, but who knows? it be from Selena, et cetera, LLC? Maybe she's depositing it, not at the teller. Again, it's not the bank's fault. Yolanda's the murderer. <laughs> yeah, and you're right. Defend you know, the banks, Shoyan. Right. Big banks, right? Banks. We were just talking about subprime mortgages and Bear Stearns and all that shit. We were just, oh, no, a bad vegan, yeah. Jillian thinks the banks can do no wrong. You know what? <laughs> Untrue. <laughs> Anyway, so Yolanda was stealing all the fans' money because everyone's calling her father, who's now like, wait, she's doing what? And everyone is going to Selena about this. When he told Selena, Selena, you got to be careful. She's stealing money from you. Selena's response was always, oh, dad, she's like my sister. She would never do anything to harm me, never. She questioned it. You know, she wanted to see proof. Once she saw it, that was it. She says, I got to see it to believe it. They show it to her. Yeah. And she sees it and she's devastated. So she's yeah. not in denial. Like, you can't, you cannot deny it. Oh, the voiceover guy says, but the evidence was there. Yolanda had been stealing from her gullible employer. Stop doing I know. that. I know. I really don't understand how that made it past whoever makes the decisions about what can be said and what can't be said. Because if there was one of them, maybe the word naive could yeah. have slipped through someone because she was like, young. Yeah. But if this, if, if this, if no. Selena had been a young man, none yeah. of these adjectives would be used. No, and it would be more about what a villain Yolanda was exactly. for being able to dupe the fucking smart guy. Exactly. And also remember Selena's been performing since she's six, nine years old. Her whole life has been, like, it's a different atmosphere. And then when you're that famous, you're super isolated from the world. She had one confidant. Like, come on. Of course. Whatever show this is. Stop. I know. I'm not yelling at you. I'm just, I'm not not yelling at you. I'm just upset. No. So, of course, Selena is hurt and, like, frustrated and upset. And they say on March 9th, 1995, Selena and her dad made the decision to confront Yolanda. And so they sit her down and they're like, look. When Abraham and Selena confront Yolanda, she claims to know nothing about the missing funds. I was, you know, angered uh, at the moment because she, everything that I showed her and asked her about it, she had no, no answer for it. And I was frustrated because we knew that she was lying. They're showing her checks and she's like, I don't know what that is. And that's the thing. Like, she she must have been desperate. She had no plan. She had no idea. Like, uh, this day was always going to come. She's run it in her head 800 yeah. times. Never decided what she was going to say. She just denies the whole thing. Yeah, it's, but instead of breaking down and saying, I don't know what happened. I had no plan. I'm so sorry. I yeah. love you so much. She's just like, I not don't me. know what that is. Totally gaslighting. Totally just like, I don't, yeah. that's not, that's not my signature. And that's not my other signature on the same check. Like, Yolanda. Exactly. 
And they say, like, they know she's lying. They fire her. Selena's like, get out of here and never come back. And now this is where we learn, like, Yolanda wanted the access. She wanted the fame. She yeah. was an obsessed fan posing as someone working in, with business and with Selena. The thing that I wanted to pause on here for one second is that Selena's not just mad about the money. Like, Selena, it's a like, betrayal. It's, it's the ultimate betrayal. She has one friend in the world yeah. outside of her husband and her family. And, like, she probably has been telling this woman everything. And, like, Selena's young and Yolanda is, what, like, 34? So she's maybe, yeah. like, 10 years older than her. Totally. And I'm sure Yolanda was totally laying on the, like, older mother figure or older sister yes. figure super yes. thick. Yeah. And so, like, Selena was believing her because why wouldn't she of believe course. her? Of course. Like, it's it's not about the money. Selena was, like, devastated. And, but Yolanda, because she was so obsessed with, like, fame or just power or just something like anything. Selena. Anything but what she was living like before. Now that she's fired, she has no fame, no access, no money. Yeah. But what she does have is important business documents. Which is, that is also crazy. Like, how is she able to have had those things? Right. I guess that meeting didn't end well when yeah. she was fired. And yeah. they didn't, they were just gonna, I don't, I don't know. We talked about, you know, what we should do. Unfortunately, Yolanda had a lot of paperwork, legal documents. So we kind of had to play the game just to get as much as we could. Selena reluctantly agrees to meet with Yolanda. So Yolanda is using these papers as a way to see Selena again because Selena does need them. They're for her business. I get it, but I'm also just like, Selena, get an attorney. Like, somebody should go. I know that no one ever thinks they're going to get murdered by their friend. And it's, like, annoying and you have to do it. And Selena probably, like, wanted to see her again and really, like, put her thoughts together and tell her how she broke her heart or whatever. yeah. But, like, of course, I'm now speaking from hindsight as well. But it's just, like, I know you need those documents, but don't go. You're you're Selena. You're Selena. You're Selena. Yeah. So Selena's camp is thinking like we kind of have to play this game because we need the documents yeah so Yolanda promises to return them but but we have to meet face to face because she wants to see Selena too exactly so Selena goes to meet Yolanda at the day's end and she goes with her husband right so she doesn't go alone she goes with Chris but like, she does go to the room alone I, it just shows you how much they never thought anything like this could ever happen because they probably felt bad for Yolanda exactly they're like she's mean and unwell but she's not gonna hurt me so Selena goes to the actual meeting herself, which is in Yolanda's motel room at the day's end. Yeah. And Chris waits in the parking lot. And the meeting's taking a really long time. Yeah. I didn't know this part about the story. I thought she went one time and the murder happened. That's not the case. I could see it from where I was parked. It was taking a little too long. Eventually, Selena comes back to the truck, starts going through the papers. She goes, you know what? The papers, some of the things are not in here. And some real, like, extra important documents are missing. Yeah. By design. Yolanda, like, didn't have them. Where have I heard a story like this in recent memory where a bunch of really important documents were stolen, and then they were, we all swore, including the attorney, that they gave them all Uh, back, and then, but that wasn't true, and they had to go back and get them. I can't remember. I can't remember either. It's escaping my mind. I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, Chris, her husband, says to her, obviously, you need those documents. You're not going back tonight. And you're not going back by yourself. And because Yolanda's hiding them on purpose. Right. Like, Yolanda knew full well that they weren't in this so that she can talk to Selena again. Exactly. Or, like, still be in there or convince her or whatever. I mean, how is Yolanda not thanking her lucky fucking stars that they're not prosecuting her? Like, that's not even part of the conversation. They never even called the cops. Yeah. $30,000, which in 1995 money was Uh, $8.9 million. God, we had so much money back then. I we know. just didn't we know. Had no we idea. Had no idea how much money we had. Wow. <laughs> 
So the very next day, Selena goes by herself. Selena now is like such an icon. I can't imagine that she didn't have an army of people with her at all times. Yeah. She's driving to a day's fucking inn to get her financial pay. It, it just, it it's hard to wrap your head around. I know. And poor Chris, her husband, says, I didn't know where she was going. I didn't even ask like an idiot. Otherwise, I would have said, well, hold on, let me go with you. And maybe, it, you know, what ended up happening that day might not have happened. I didn't even ask her where she was going like an idiot. And I I'm like, Chris, all of this is Yolanda's fault. I know. If you listen to this podcast, if it gives you some kind of comfort that some stranger is screaming at you that it's not your fault, yeah. it's not your fault. It's fucking Yolanda's fault. Exactly. And I'm telling that to Aaron Brockovich once again, also. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? I know. Erin Brockovich, go back to cleaning the cancer water. We I we mean, need you. We need we her need out that. there. We need you doing that. We don't. We got Marsha Clark for this shit. We oh, don't need right? you doing this. Come on. I know. Where's Hoda? <laughs> you know Hoda drinking white wine like somewhere at six thirty in the morning. <laughs> Is it, wasn't that the whole thing on that no, show? They no. were just hammered. Why are they drinking wine on TV at 9 a.m.? Completely yes. hammered. Like 7 in the morning. Like, I oh, know. it's a happy hour somewhere, which I agree. Hoda. It's always time for a cocktail. I agree, too. But, like, who's Hoda? How'd she get that job? How do you say your last or name? Copy. copy. Okay. I didn't, are you, well, now we're never going to be on the 11 o'clock hour. When did they serve the wine? At like 11. It's earlier than that, I promise you. <laughs> I don't know. So Selena goes by herself yeah. and to confront Yolanda and just say, give me the extra documents you've been hiding. And yeah. suddenly we hear from witnesses who were there at the day's end that there's a loud bang and yeah. Yolanda has shot Selena. Yeah, and we meet one of the hotel employees who thought it was like a blown fuse. I looked down towards the sound and I saw this young lady screaming. <laughs> running real fast. Behind her was this woman. And Yolanda comes out of the room. Yolanda comes out of the room herself like a minute later. Yeah. Gets into her fucking car and is driving around the parking lot trying to find Selena. I spent a lot of time on Google Earth today looking at this like it's not what I don't know yeah. why she got in her car. And I don't know either. Like it's not like we learn it's 150 feet from the room to the lobby where she goes. yards. Uh, whatever it is. That seems like a lot more. Actually. Yes. But Selena yeah. who's been shot in the back. I know. In the back yeah. by the way. Yeah. Runs 130 yards all the way to the lobby of the Days I in. know. But I, I, I just don't understand why Yolanda gets to the car to try to I, find Selena. I don't either. It doesn't make I mean, she's sense. not thinking. Right, that's true. And so it's this is so terrifying because Selena runs into the lobby saying, help me, help me, I've been shot. And I gotta tell you, to get serious, like, we meet the hotel manager. Yeah. And Selena basically dies in his arms. Yes, yes. And I was bawling watching him talk about it because, like, he doesn't know who she is. She was not doing well. She's there just never blinking. She's just staring at me. She just started getting slower at breathing and talking to me and just, you know, put my hand on her, on her hair, just telling her she's going to be fine. I think I already knew what was about to happen. Her eyes never closed. Yeah. And that her breathing just got slower. And I just was thinking, like... And he like, was, like, begging her, don't close your know, eyes and stay I awake know. and just, like... It's so fucking hard it's... to hear that. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, and, and that poor man, like, there's a lot of victims in this story. Like, I just, I'm just i just saying that, like, this man just woke up to go to his hotel job today. Of course. And, like, now we'll be scarred. Like, that's such a hard... I have had that job. Like, yeah. that's a very fucking hard job. Of course. And, he, and, like, now he will always have to have lived through that. I know. But I also was, like, among all the chaos of this situation 
the fact that like if she had to die, there was a man like that that was there to be with her Holding in her, her last minute. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna I can't handle it. But the strength of Selena. While she's in these moments, she's looking at this hotel manager and she's saying, it was Yolanda. She's in room 158. She knows the room number. She's giving a description of her. She's on the ground, blood everywhere, having just been shot, being held in this guy's arms. And she's giving them all of the information they need. So now there's a patrol cop down the street just standing there, I guess. Yeah, and he's like a block away. He gets there. He doesn't even really know what's happening. But like Yolanda's frantically driving around for God knows what reason. And he's like, who, her? (laughs) Driving like a maniac like okay in the parking lot he's basically face to nose with the car and he's got his gun out and he's pointing it at her and he's like get out of the car get out of the car the officer was right in front of the truck with his gun drawn yolanda hesitates she pulls into a parking spot just opposite the lobby and brings the 38 revolver the same one she used to shoot selena up to her temple She takes the gun that she just used to kill Selena with and puts it to her own head. Right. And meanwhile, Selena's still in the lobby. The staff is trying to save her life. She's not doing well. And I'm like, where is the ambulance? I know. Where is, just get get here. It's the day's in. Get get there. I know. And she doesn't make it. She dies in this guy's arms. And her last word was Yolanda. Can you imagine? I mean... I can't... Uh, 23 years old. Like, one of the greatest talents of, like, our time. What she could have done... I know. ...for so many things. Not just the music industry, but, like, representation yeah. and young girls and people of color. Like, what she could have done. I know. What she was doing already. Yeah. Thank God her her memory has been immortalized. Yeah. And thank God she is recognized for who she was. Right. Not by this show, but other programs. Not by this... <laughs> right. Not by the Aaron Brockovich Hour <laughs> right. or whatever it's called. But, yeah, I mean, thank God, like, she's been remembered. Let's yeah. do better than a fucking memorial at the Knights in in Corpus Christi. Yeah, let's do a little better. So, meanwhile, in the parking lot, it's literally chaos down here, Tom. It was chaos when I rolled up on the scene. There was patrol officers everywhere, SWAT people arriving. Detective Larry Young tells us, I got to the scene and it was chaos. He says it outright. (laughs) Now, Yolanda is still sitting in the car with the gun to her head. And now, Detective Larry, his job is to talk to this monster. Right. And he's going to negotiate with her. He's the, like, they're trying to get her to, A, not kill herself because they want to hold her accountable. Of course. And, B, not kill anyone else. So that's why they bring in a literal hostage negotiator. So he's on the phone with her. Hang on a second. We got to talk about this. How they try to get the phone through the window? It's 1995. There are not cell phones. No. They take a wired phone, like a phone that is somewhere plugged into a wall jack. You see the wire. It's a pink phone like that I had One in my those, room like, growing you up. open them like this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you're so young. But it's true. And they put it in through the window. Well, they try. She's not opening the window enough. I know. And I'm like, that's glass, fella. I, They're not, it's not going to go I through know. the thing. It's, but it's like, I'm like, was there not a walkie talkie? Like the, the wired phone to the inside of the hotel seems like a very strange choice. And that's a long wire. I don't know where she was parked. Same. Like, it's not like you can connect it to another USB. I'm trying <laughs> no. to speak like young language. Know. You know what I mean? It was just, it no, was No, I know. But we hear her on the phone. I didn't mean to do it. I was trying to show her the gun. I was telling her, Billy, I'm going to kill myself. And then I pulled it out. It just went off because the barrel was back. I got this gun to kill myself. 
just trying to show her the gun. And I'm like, you mean trying to manipulate her by saying I'm going to kill myself if I don't get my job back? Is that what you meant? It was crazy because in the moment I believed it. I believed that she loved her so much and was so mentally unwell that like this was what her plan was and that it was meant to be a manipulation tactic and that she didn't actually plan to kill her. But guess what? We get a full fucking murder confession in five seconds. And also Selena was shot in the back. She was walking out the door. Exactly. And like the cop who's negotiating with her says to us, I don't actually really care what your motivation was. Or what she says. Right, I don't care exactly. if she's telling the truth or whatever. He no. goes, look, she's irrational. Yes. She's armed. She's killed one person so far. Yes. My job is to calm her down and get that goddamn gun the yes. hell away from her for the safety of everyone else in the area, and then we can prosecute. But, like, let's loosen gun laws. Let's just let any Yahoo with a fucking, like, with look, a hand. It's any Texas. Yahoo with a hand can have a gun. I'm sorry, Texas listeners. We love you. But, I like, it's, it's Texas. Not it's not safe. This does not surprise me that this all went down in Texas. No. So then the public is getting wind that Selena has died. It's all over the radio. It's all over everywhere. Like the general public is like pouring into the streets in Corpus Christi. And Detective Larry's saying, look, I'm not a monster, but in my job, the person's crisis has to be my crisis too. Yes. Because that's the only way I can communicate and, of course. and get them to sort of think I'm on their side here. And the and the concern is that like everyone's saying the last time Yolanda saw Selena, she was alive. If she finds out Selena is dead, Yolanda will have nothing left to lose. She could kill herself or open fire on the gathering crowd. We were talking to the radio station to try to cut that out. You're not going to be able to tell her to turn the radio off. She's not going to do it. And, like, the cops are saying we're trying to talk to the radio station and say, like, don't say it. But it's all over. Like, I remember where I was when Selena died. It was a huge thing. It was. It was everywhere. It was. I mean, and it was, like, a major moment. I wasn't even really sure who she was. And then I became instantly aware. Right. And, but, oh, wow. Yeah. But it also feels like the news traveled instantly. Yeah. I don't know if it's just not being told accurately in this. But doesn't it feel to you that, like, Yolanda killed her at noon and by, like, one fifteen everyone knows about yeah, it? Yeah. Right? Sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, they're saying, like, on the radio this Yolanda person is the most hated person in Texas. As she's sitting on the phone with Detective Larry and all the listeners, like everything starts to become very clear to her. I know. But Larry's like, everyone, this is working in my favor because now like Yolanda needs a friend in this moment. And that's the role he played. He's just like, I, she needed somebody with her and that's really who I played. And nine and a half hours later at 9.30 p.m., Yolanda finally gets out of the car. She'll only talk to Detective Larry. And she'll only do it if Detective Larry comes to get her from the car. And Larry is like, we normally don't do that. Normally don't walk out into a situation. So that was, that was higher stakes. Detective Young approaches the truck. For Young, it's an unnerving 50-yard walk to reach the woman who's still holding the gun that killed Selena. But in this instance, he feels like he's built up enough of a rapport with her that he can trust her, and it works out. Well, it was Larry and the SWAT team. Right. Because yeah. he's like, yeah, Yolanda, it's just me, girl. It's just me. The minute She doesn't open the door a I crack. Know. The SWAT, we can get her. Go, go, go. go and they go. get her. That's exactly that's yeah. exactly what happens. And everyone cheers. All the fans. I know. Everyone cheers when she's arrested. And they say they get her in the police car and her demeanor instantly changes. She's no longer hysterical. No, she's very, very calm. calm. She also refuses a lawyer. Yes. And she's got a brand new story. You know what, though? Like, this has to be the real this story. Is the truth. Because it's a murder confession. Yeah. Which I appreciated that she's like, fuck it, I did it. I hate myself. I don't need an attorney. I'm just going to tell you what happened. Yeah. And I think she did sort of exaggerate how, like, mean Selena was to yeah, her in course. this moment. But she just says, 
that, like, Selena got to the room. She goes in, demands the financial records, and is, like, yelling at her. And, like, Yolanda's, Calling like... Calling her a bitch and right, all this stuff. Yeah, like, exactly. that didn't happen. It Yolanda. definitely didn't happen. And Selena's, like, when she's clearly not going to get the stuff that she wanted, she's, like, I'm leaving. Yolanda goes to her purse, pulls out a gun. Selena sees the gun, turns to run, and Yolanda shoots her in cold blood in the back. Right. Because Selena was also saying, not only are you fired, but I hate you, and the yeah. friendship is over, and, like, this is all done. This is the last totally. time you're going to see me. Yes. And so, like, that's the truth. She confesses to murder. We have the murder weapon. We have the motive. We have the witnesses. Yeah, and they say it seems like it's going to be an open and shut case. Aaron Brockovich is here to tell us not so fast. No, we're going to cut to commercial and come right back. (laughs) At Selena's funeral and memorial, more than 30,000 fans show up. The the entire world is mourning this this beautiful, young, talented superstar. And what's amazing about this is, like, Chris, her husband, has been so close to her for so long that he's saying... It wasn't until she passed away and I saw the, the, the vigils and the people crying on TV. That was when it kind of started setting in, like, how, how much of an impact she was really having on the world. More than 30,000 distraught fans attend Selena's funeral and memorial in her hometown of Corpus Christi. When he was able to zoom out a little bit, he saw, like, what a impact she had on the world, which is really true. Yeah, because all they did was tour. So, yes. like, yes, she was winning Grammys, but yeah. they were on the road. Right. And so that, you get, have when blinders When you're on a tour on. bus, it doesn't matter who's got a Grammy. You know? You know, yeah. And you can't really see people, like, there's this really, really cute scene in the movie where Selena's just becoming, like, really super famous. Uh-huh. And she's at a store with her friend and her friend or cousin or something, and they're trying on something. Of course, the white lady was super racist and horrible to of Selena. Of course. But Selena's in, like, by the dressing room and she's like oh you know you gotta zip it up and this guy they're like in the mall this guy who works in the store is Spanish and he just says like he drops all the boxes that he's carrying and he goes oh Selena Staki, meaning Selena's here. <laughs> and it gets the word goes around the mall and yeah, she yeah, yeah. is mobbed. Oh and it's her God. finally realizing, you know, Jennifer Lopez is her finally realizing, like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Everyone, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and we see this little montage of everyone being like, Selena Staki, like, she's here, oh. she's here. And everyone like running to greet her and she's signing all the CDs and all this stuff. Oh, I'm getting chills talking about it. Yeah. But it was really a way to see her kind of realize, like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Yolanda's charged with murder, obviously. The trial's set for October 1995, five months after the murder. And Yolanda now has lawyers. And guess what? She changes her story yet again. And can I just say we're told that her lawyers are some of the, quote, best criminal defense attorneys in Texas? Why? Like, why would, like, I get that everybody needs to have a good defense, but, like, what is their interest in this? Like, she did a fucking horrible Fame. thing. Fame. I get, that must be that. You know, that didn't even occur to me. It's being connected to the Selena case. I mean, look, you're going to be the one who defends the lady who fucking murdered murdered yes. Selena. Oh my God. Yeah. Now they're saying. They're back to the original story. Yeah, that it was an accident. And Yolanda's lawyers are talking to the press saying, we can prove it was an accident. Yeah. Now watch yeah. the trial. And they're saying, and the DA who's prosecuting is like, we had no eyewitnesses. The only person who saw the shooting was Yolanda. Valdez knows he'll have to find a way to prove Yolanda is lying. He also knows the huge crowd of Selena fans outside the courthouse will accept only one verdict. If Yolanda was acquitted, it would be a really fucking dangerous situation. I mean, we see them. Yeah. They're outside the courthouse and they're chanting guilty, guilty, guilty. I mean, they are out for blood. Yeah. And like we get a hotel worker on the stand who we've met him in the documentary already. He said that he's witnessed. He was one who heard the bang, saw Selena run out of the room. And then Yolanda walked out behind her with the gun pointed at her cell. And called her a bitch. And called her a bitch. So like Yolanda wasn't done. No. If Selena hadn't run as quickly as she had, Yolanda would have shot her again. Yes. 
And so the defense is saying Yolanda was so distraught over being fired, she was inconsolable, that Yolanda was trying to kill herself and she accidentally killed Selena. Yeah. And then, like, they asked, like, why would this woman who loves Selena with no history of violence lash out? And I'm like, because she was obsessed with her. And desperate. Like, she's not well. Yeah. And also, like, getting cut off from all that money probably was detrimental to her. Yeah. You know? And the prosecution's like, sure, Jan. And basically says, like, it's all about what happened after the murder. Exactly. And the fact that she was shot in the back. It's shut up, Yolanda, says yeah. the prosecution. And the DA, who is nervous, he's like... The only choices the jury had, based on a decision that I made, personally, was either they found her guilty of murder, first degree, or they would find her not guilty. It's either murder in the first degree, which is premeditated murder, or not guilty. Manslaughter wasn't on the table. Second degree murder wasn't on the table. It was either she did it and she knew she was going to do it or nothing. Right. The DA tells us the jury was out for two hours and 20 minutes and it was the longest two hours and 20 minutes of his life. I was like, girl, this usually takes days or weeks of deliberation. Two hours and 20 minutes is a good sign for you. Well, I guess you don't know it's going to be two hours and 20 minutes. So every second feels like an eternity, (laughs) right? Again, hindsight is a major player in this story. So, of course, they find her guilty. Everyone is cheering. Yeah. It's like, it's so bittersweet because finally, yes, she's being held accountable and they got the verdict they want. But like, Selena's not here Selena's anymore. Selena's dead. And, you know, she gets life in prison. And we learn that after her murder, Selena's music shot to the top of the charts. She becomes the best-selling Latin artist of the decade. Yeah. And Yolanda's eligible for parole on March 30th, 2025. She is. Is she sure is? There's a speaking of TikTok. Hey everybody, there's a TikTok trend. <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but it was like me on March 30th, 2025, <gasps> and it's like Yolanda. I just want to talk. Oh, <laughs> I just want to talk. People like taking their earrings off, oh. stretching, getting ready. Yolanda, I just want to talk. Oh my god, people hate her. Of course, like people who knew the story, yeah, but also people who have learned who Selena is. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though there's no good documentaries about her, uh-huh. who just learned who she is and like learned about the story, they hate Yolanda so good luck girl (laughs) actually no luck at all fuck you go fuck yourself how about that is that the opposite of good luck go fuck yourself Yolanda take it with my compliments Oh, my God, girl. We did Aaron Brockovich Presents or whatever. Real crime, real story, Selena. Oh, fam. Come see us at Obsessed Fest, September 30th to October 2nd, Columbus, Ohio. There's still some tickets left. All the programming you can imagine. It's going to be a ton of true crime stuff with everybody from the Generation Y guys to us to the Let's Go to Court ladies. The Red Handed ladies are premiering their live show on the main stage that they are then taking to Europe for the tour. That's included in the festival. Yes. And it's not a separate ticket. It's included in the day pass. If you have a day pass, you're in. Oh, incredible. Then we're doing our, we're closing it down with our live show, uh, Drag Brunch. It's gonna be... It's gonna be a time. It's gonna be a time. It's gonna be a time. Tell them about the Patreon. Okay, on the Patreon, we do all those, like, series that are 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 11, 28 episodes. Like yeah, Making literally Murder. 20 episodes of Making Murder. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but that's all ad-free, so right now we're doing Bad Vegan, we did Puppet Master, we yeah. did The Vow, we did that Gacy thing on Peacock, yeah. we did Heaven's Gate, Murder Among the Mormons. The Bad Vegan situation is bananas. Yeah. It's as crazy as everyone said. It's crazy, I told you. Really crazy. Look, I watched it when it came out. So, <laughs> tell the people what we're doing next. We're gonna hang out with Keith Morrison a little bit. Yes! We haven't seen him in a long time. It's been a man. Murder in Ypsilanti. Keith Morrison investigates. Yeah. Or as he calls it, Ypsilanti. He's <laughs> got to get the Y in there, Keith. <laughs> All right, fam. Go and listen to the trailer for that. Stay tuned for our hilarious and ridiculous and funny outtakes. Yeah. Come to Obsessed Fest. That too. And that's it. We love you, fam. We love you so much. We'll see you. We'll see you later. We'll see we'll you see next you around. week. And Keith's coming to the party next I know. week. That'll be fun. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. A young woman discovers her mother dead in the bedroom. 
Was it murder? That was the question. Who did this? How did she die? A journalist trying to answer that question discovers a second mystery from the past. Another name came up from 25 years ago. Two Michigan mysteries with one thing in common, love. She said, oh, he's, he's so nice. He was Mr. Perfect, Mr. Just Right. He gets in her head and he parks himself there and she just falls for it. A willing volunteer becomes compromised. Secrets, 25 years old. I came across a folder and I knew it immediately. And finally revealed. Tammy can't be heard and Martha can't be heard. I need to be their voice. Called a real crime, real story where yeah. they go like they where they cover. <laughs> yeah, right. I do worry about Sean Colvin. I do want to know. Sonny came home. But here's my thing about that song. So Sean Colvin, who's a very gifted singer songwriter, that's the song. Like that's right. her only. Like that's the showstopper. So like she does the rest of her songs that nobody wants to hear. Do that thing where they clap and she goes off stage and then she comes back for the encore. The encore. And the yeah. encore is Sonny came home. Yeah. That's not leaving people. That's not like a rousing way to close down a set. But you know it what is. I mean? But it is if you're of a certain age and you love that song so much that it's like it's what you waited for <laughs> uh, come on that's on our like our like backstage pre-show playlist and we both go <gasps> every time it's on turn it up she came home with a vengeance you want to go on the view because you want to fuck with everybody that's why I know exactly what you're doing you can't get a thing I know me. I want to go with the view so bad the view have me please have me but on make sure there's someone you can fight with that's I know the thing. that's true who do you want to fight with can the we most? get Hasselbeck back for one day oh my god she would never. Oh, to like face off against me. I'm not afraid of you, Hasselbeck. Wait, is she on TikTok? You're a move, Hasselbeck. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. 